Okay, welcome back to the podcast, you guys. I have been quiet, and hopefully you were still able to find this podcast because I just completely rebranded it, which means we're going to lose a lot of listeners, but that's okay. It needed rebranding because um, I needed to make a fresh start in this podcast because of what happened last week, all right? So I will tell you it, it, the next couple episodes are going to be series and I'm going to talk about my spiritual journey over the past seven days because it is so significant. It is so profound what happened and where I am today is the last, since last Wednesday and two days Wednesday morning, since the last, for the last seven days, I have been living a life for the first time of joy and happiness and total and complete fulfillment and every day has been a gift. I went through a spiritual rebirth and I want to share as much as I possibly can to pass some of the lessons on to you so that you, and I and I assume most of you who are listening to this are building a business or single parenting or both, uh, want to um, perhaps um, are, are in, in the, on the journey of pursuing joy as well. So I will share some of the lessons that are super important that uh, you can apply whether or not um, <laughs> you are doing the same stuff that I'm doing, okay? So uh, I titled this this episode, The Shit That Happened in Raid Mia, <laughs> and this is going to be part one. So, whoa, it, it's going to be a little bit vulnerable to talk about. Uh, last week, I went to Read Mia for the first time. Read Mia is um, a high-end five-star resort in Costa Rica with full-time medical staff uh, where um, you are, uh, you know, and basically they facilitate four ayahuasca ceremonies back-to-back surrounded by uh, four, one, two, three, four, no, three, seven days, right? Four days of ayahuasca, three days of breath work, like really, really, really good and effective breath work back to back. Okay. And the episode, I think I recorded episode 100 after I came back the first time. And what happened there was profound, but not nearly, not even a 10% of what I experienced this time around. And the downloads and the messages and the clarity that I got on what this is actually all about. So, Super powerful, and I want to share this with you. But before I go there, I want to revisit something that I have taught before. It has to do with spiritual growth and transcending levels of consciousness. I always used to teach it as growing a tomato plant or growing a flower. And the way I explained is that you've got to put your tomato in the right environment for that is conducive to your spiritual growth, and you've got to pull out the weeds and you got to kind of get rid of some of the ego parts and whatever. And, and a lot of that has actually changed last week. And so I want to correct this because a lot of people go into weeding out their ego. And, in, you know, instead of weeding it out, it turns into repressing. And that can actually be pretty harmful to somebody's spiritual development, I think. So, so I want to correct this, okay? Instead of weeding out the weeds, you want to really become friends with the weeds. So there is... Uh, from everything that I gathered in my own journey over the past week. Um, in order for you to get to these states of joy, and I and I will share with you more about what those ceremonies were like over the next podcast, uh, next podcast episodes. But th- it takes it takes um, three different pillars. The first one 
uh, that I'm going to talk about is taking the trash out, taking the garbage out and clearing the emotional repressed stuff, right? And becoming friends with the ego. All right. So that's going to be a second one is becoming friends with the ego. Um, and the third one is always looking in the mirror. And the fourth one is kindness and karma. We'll talk about that too. Okay. So uh, in this episode, I want to talk about taking the trash out and releasing some of the stuck emotions. Anyway, so ayahuasca um, works on many, many different levels. It is absolutely the most precise, the most genius tool that I have come across for spiritual growth. The, the second one that I think is perhaps equally genius, doesn't work quite as well for me, but comes close, is very intense and long sessions of breath work, okay? What this is doing, either of those tools, right? Um, ayahuasca, it has a very, very high frequency and it is very precise and it will do a scan and figure out, okay, you know, let's take a look what's going on with, uh, with Eva here and what are the traumas, the stuck emotions, the energies that don't need to be there anymore. And then it goes through a purge and you go through really, you know, you have an intention that you're going there with, but what it's doing, it's that removing everything that is standing in the way of that intention, all the stuck energies, all the repressed feelings, all the, uh, all the attachments, the unwanted emotional patterns and mental patterns, and it is flushing them out. And it comes in the form of physical purge. And it's very, at the beginning, especially, it can be very, very unpleasant. There's nothing recreational about this. Because, uh, you know, some of us have decades and actually lifetimes of uh, protective layers and stuffed emotions that we have been carrying around that keep us from being emotionally free and joyful and happy. And what the plant medicine does is that goes in and it knows because it's working directly with your soul. It knows exactly what are the things that need to be gone and it's going to flush them out. However, it's not going to flush them out without you knowing. Sometimes it flushes them out without you knowing. Most of the times you will get to experience all of it. And that can be extremely, extremely difficult, especially if you don't know what's happening. It's going to feel like you're stuck in some lower level hell, uh, which is what was happening when I first started doing the ceremonies and have now, now done nine of them and two iboga ceremonies, which is a different plant medicine. But, um, but at the beginning, I didn't understand what was happening. I did not know that what's coming in is, is what's coming is actually going. And all these emotions that are coming up to surface are actually working their way out of the body or the bodies, I should say, the physical and emotional and, and spiritual bodies, right? So they're working their way out. And so I was like, what is this? This is, there's something wrong. This is awful. Like, this is like, we should not experiment in this, you know, whatever level of hell. And I was... Uh, it, it was it was terrifying not understanding what was actually happening. And it took me 
a while to learn to actually work with this medicine to get what's actually happening and begin become really very grateful for these releases basically what is happening is emotional release on steroids i mean on super speed on speed that is not comparable to anything that I've ever done before. Okay. And I have done EFT. I have done the Sedona method. I have done uh, different versions of letting go, you know, uh, taught by Dr. David R. Hawkins, which you guys know if you have been following for a while, I've just always been in love with his work and and just so much respect and, and love for his teachings. But this is something else. This is so fast and so precise and it helps you release stuff that you don't you aren't able to get to during normal states of consciousness because it it those are more of the hidden subconscious things that you have repressed some of them in this lifetime some of them before that and it's really search it's like search and release and search and release and it's never what you think it is that is going to come up for release because of the geniusness and precision of the plant medicine and and you know i don't have any proof of this but i think it's it's directly working with your higher self with your soul um, on the level or the order of importance of what needs to be released, okay? So people, of course, experience uh, vomiting, uh, pooping, <laughs> a lot of sweating, a lot of tearing, snot, um, basically any kind of, you know, yawning, shaking. And a lot of it is your body helping with the emotional release because here's what happened. Here's what happened. When trauma happens in our in this lifetime, past lifetime, or or in the womb, something happens. Trauma happens. We disassociate. We can't be there and feel our feelings because we're in a situation that doesn't feel safe. To oh, let me just sit and feel my feelings, right? Because you are in the middle of trauma. You are, you know, uh, possibly even being harmed or you perceive the danger of being harmed, you're not going to go and feel your feelings in that moment and you dissociate and those feelings get stuffed away. Okay. And then what happens? They get put somewhere into a pocket inside your belly and it's one thing after another, after another that gets stored somewhere in the body. And then we don't know how to deal with it. We just are in this life of an emotional roller coaster and confusion and, and wanting to be a good person, not quite knowing how to do that and knee-jerk reactions and, and things just not working the way we want them to work and, and issues and, and uh, people that trigger us. And it's all this trauma that is stored in our body. And then, then comes sickness. Then comes sickness and it comes cancer and it comes other diseases and autoimmune. And it's all these repressed feelings living in the body and what the plant medicine does, or this one in particular, and, and I think Iboga as well, is 
that it is, it's a search and I don't want to say search and destroy, search and release and surrender excavation expedition that happens. And people are absolutely terrified of it, right? And some people are terrified of the, of losing their mind. And, you know, naturally that's, that's what happens to people who are afraid of it. And it's all fine. You know, at least in Rhythmia, they're in a very, very safe environment to lose their mind temporarily. Nobody's ever gone crazy that I know of and gone psych had a psychotic break. Again, at least in Rhythmia. And they have put about 9,000 people through this. It's the safest environment you can imagine. But if you're afraid of losing your mind, and that is what you've been afraid of your whole life, and you're always policing yourself to not lose your mind, that that might just be what happens. It didn't happen to me, but it happens to other people, right? And it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. They wind up freer than ever after that experience. Actually, it did happen to me somewhat. I'll talk about this on, on another podcast, but not to the extent that other people have experienced, right? Um, so you, you will, you know, the, the medicine will order <laughs> whatever is in the highest level of importance, whatever has the most biggest hold on you and an, on your emotional and mental freedom is what is going to come up for release, right? And then the physical purging is really aiding the release. And, and it's a, you know, people, one of the biggest fears people have that they're going to shit their pants or they're going to vomit a lot, right? And um, <laughs> after a week in Rhythmia, they have a completely different relationship with purging, right? Yeah, it's not pretty at the beginning, people are self-conscious, whatever. Um, and that's very normal. And, but, you know, on, by the time you get to third or fourth ceremony, what's happening is that you understand that whatever's coming out is, is a very, very destructive, uh, emotional state that is coming out that no longer serves you, that doesn't have anything to show you anymore. And it's coming out of the body. So it doesn't have a hold on you. So uh, by the time um, I got to, you know, my third or fourth ceremony, I finally uh, stopped resisting it. And I started being very, very grateful every time an emotional purge came, right? So I just, I just want to be like super honest about these experiences. Because if you're listening to the podcast, the chances are that you are considering this and, uh, or, you know, have considered it or have heard about it. And, and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to puke. I don't want to shit my pants. I want to do this and that, you know, um, about the pooping experience. Just don't wear white pants, I guess. It, it didn't happen to me yet anyway, but it, you know, just it's, it's, you know, their bathroom is everywhere. Most likely you'll be fine. And if you're not, you'll still be fine. Right. Uh, but, um, but it, it, you kind of start just really being grateful because uh, once those emotional, um, once those emotions get released, what becomes possible is a connection with your soul. And that's what happened to me on last Wednesday. So going to Rhythmia, they teach you to really set intentions and they don't, encourage you to set your own intentions because that's most likely coming from the ego but there are three intentions that everybody kind of sets the same way and the first one is show me who i've become 
and, and you're really shown the full spectrum of who you have become and and your biggest blind spots and and uh, you know who you are without the ego's uh, you know, story about it or defenses or whatever. And then the next stage, the next intention is merge me with my soul at all cost. Okay. And so last week, what happened, and I am, I'm jumping around a little bit, but bear with me here. Last week, what happened is, um, I did three ceremonies. I was not able to do the fourth one. Um, but I did three ceremonies out of the four, the first one and the second one, I drank many cups <laughs> and nothing happened. I was as sober as can be. Um, and I was kind of going in, into little bits of states of despair because I really knew I had something to heal. I had, uh, I have become, to be completely honest, very overwhelmed by the pressure of the demands uh, of the world and all of my clients and my team and, and providing for Lexi and all that. Of course, it was my own inner pressure being projected outside um, completely, 100%. Nobody else's responsibility but my own, but it was, um, it, it was becoming very, very hard. And so first two ceremonies, nothing happened. And then I'm like, okay, like I have to actually surrender to the fact that nothing here might happen. I would be stuck with this, uh, this heaviness is the best way to describe it. And honestly, like partially, it's really, really hard for me to admit it, but borderline, a lot of depressive states, you know, I, and I was practicing a ton of gratitude and all that and it's definitely helping, but there was this energy, this part that was very, 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 um, heavy, and depressed and just so done with it all. And I could not drop it. I could not release it. No matter what I did, no matter how much gratitude I did, that the energy of that was sitting in my body and I couldn't drop it. And first ceremony, nothing happens. Sober as can be. Second ceremony, nothing happens. Sober as can be until the very end of it. I started getting glimpses, right? And some of it, it was my own fault because you're not supposed to drink coffee and eat chocolate and things like that. I guess it, uh, it counteracts the effects of ayahuasca. And I, and I did that while driving there. I drank a lot of coffee and ate a lot of chocolate on the, on the drive there. Anyway, so some of it is, is my poor diet. But anyway, on the third ceremony, I, I was, you know, not literally, but I was on my knees. I was like, what do I need to do to get the healing that I came here for? And I was very committed, but I was, I was, I was almost in a state of despair about it because I, I knew there was something I knew that I needed to get it out. And I didn't know how, because it didn't seem to be working for me. And so, uh, at the beginning of the third ceremony, I went to the shaman and I said, listen, like, I don't know what's happening, but it's not working. Can you like, give me two cups to begin with? Um, and I will tell you guys, those who have not drank ayahuasca, it is, some. Um, it is not something that you want two cups of. It is really, really nasty. Anyway, <laughs> very, very grateful for it, but the flavor ain't nice. So I said, okay, can you give me two cups? Right? And typically they serve first cup and 90 minutes later, they serve a second cup, right? And you're kind of, you know, some people have an immediate reaction, some people don't. And, uh, you know, there were about 75 of us in the room and and, uh, and I, I took, I was the only one who did two cups, um, 
to begin with, but I was very committed. I was like, I got to catch up to, to play here. Right. So I got a lot to release and I knew that. And it kicked in immediately, immediately, like within 20 or 30 minutes, I, I got the Pintas, which is other name for the visions that you get, you know, the, the, uh, you guys have seen paintings of it, right? The geometric shapes and beautiful colors and all that stuff, which is, which is nice. It's not the point of the journey is to get nice Pintas and listen to some nice music and get, get high. Not at all point of it. Not even one bit. However, uh, just a side note, what the Pintas, what is happening with the Pintas is that it's actually your brain resetting itself and your neural receptors resetting themselves to work the way that they're supposed to be working. It's actually really, really healthy uh, process that's happening to your brain, uh, which gets reset to healthy, healthy, healthy levels. And a lot of people, I think they have like 85% people who come off depressants, how do you pronounce this? Never, uh, Never actually go back on and this is one of the effects of ayahuasca so just just beautiful thing but and i started getting these pintas and then the emotional purge started and it was i'm not gonna go into the <laughs> the bodily uh you know purge details of it. it it just took a lot of trips to the bathroom and a lot of puking and I was happy. I was so happy I was like oh my god finally it's all coming out and I would be lying you know, you have, you have a, you get a really nice mattress and, and all that, you know, and, uh, and a blanket and a pillow so you can lay down and, and, you know, oh, you can go outside and sit in the hammocks and look at the stars or be in the rain if it's raining, or you can dance if you want to. There's beautiful, like unbelievably beautiful music playing. So you're just kind of in the process the whole night doing your thing and, and listening and, and um, uh, purging whatever you need to purge and meditating and, and going in, inward as much as I in, as you can. And just the purge was like, it's just one emotion after another. Uh, and I was, I was just so beginning so grateful. And there was a lot of like, uh, mirrors that I was getting as well, which I'm going to talk about on a different podcast, I think. Um, but I was so grateful that this was coming out and I was releasing one emotion after another and I was like, in complete surrender and it, but they were very difficult. They were very heavy. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, one after another, after another, after another. And then finally, after about three hours, you know, or two hours, I went for two more cups. And one of them, I, I was, I, I was so messed up. I could like, I immediately purged it out. And the thing is, you cannot overdose on ayahuasca. It is impossible to overdose on ayahuasca. And it's not addictive, by the way, the more you, the shamans, they, they drink a lot of it, but they, they only need like a drop and they're high. It's not addictive. The more you drink it, the less of it you need. And, um, and you cannot overdose on that on it. It doesn't give you any more effects if you drink more. It just prolongs the amount of hours you're sitting with the medicine. Uh, and if she doesn't want you to drink any more of it, you just purge it right out. So I, I took another cup and I purged it right out. And uh, then, you know, had the last like really, really emotional uh, purge of stuff that came out and, and sorry to be grossing you guys out and <laughs> hopefully persevere through this podcast this far so you're doing great and anyway and then I went for another cup and you know cup number four had five cups uh, 
you know, the whole night and the average is like a cup and a half. Right. But I was very committed and I was very much like, yeah, I will take all the fuel I need to, to, um, just really go into the deepest and the darkest and take all the garbage out that needs to be taken out. Um, so after that, the purging was done. I went outside and I sat and it was one download after another, after another, it was two hours sitting 100% merged in with my soul, me being in my soul and looking at my life, looking at who I've become, looking at um, the situations that have been in my life and getting downloads and wisdom. And it felt like upgrading the OS. It was literally felt like my OS being replaced with like a new level of thinking and viewing and context and it was miraculous so that was the merge with your soul you know intention fulfilling on that intention it was absolutely beautiful but it didn't stop there this was the best night of my life hands down it was so this was a night three which uh in rhythmia they do four ceremonies and every ceremony is different um first ceremony is center daimi tradition uh, which is a Brazilian uh, tradition. It tends to be milder for people. It's the medicine is not as thick. Um, and it's kind of like an introduction to ayahuasca. It's less painful. Not always. Our group did a lot of pretty deep work. Uh, I guess we were ready to do the work as, as a group. So there's, there was a lot going on in the room on day one. But generally, it tends to be pretty mild. The second... Um, the second... Um, ceremony people tend to go it's it's uh it's a little bit masculine uh it's a shaman named brad uh he runs the ceremony he brews he brews in-house uh it's his own uh potion and uh it tends to be a lot of very very deep work uh that people go into lots of purging the third night is a female shaman and it's all divine feminine healing and i think I can't speak for a whole group. I think for most people, that was everybody's uh, favorite, favorite, favorite ceremony and uh, led by a shaman named Serum. And um, so this is the ceremony that I'm, that I'm sharing with you guys. And what happened after the, the first three hours of purging and then two hours of sitting outside in drizzling rain and getting the OS upgrade I go back inside and just um, this celestial party happens. And this is, you know, the way ayahuasca works is apparently not just like take you down to hell, your own hell and, and get you, get you uh, process it and release it and all that. But it also uh, takes you up into the states of pure joy and divine connection to heal you from that perspective too. Right. And, and the purging is sort of necessary to, to get you there. Right. Because you can't go into the high, high states without releasing the low states. Right. So um, so we I go back inside and this beautiful music comes on. Then this energy of the room is just rising. And then all the women, you know, everybody was wearing pretty dresses. It was just beautiful. And, and a lot of people dressed in white. It was just wonderful. There is like starts like everybody all of a sudden this seems pretty sober in terms of like, you know, everybody can walk just fine and move just fine. And people were not talking, but there were a little bit of chatter going on. 
um everybody seemed pretty sober but in this pure joyful state and and we were dancing the women stood up and it's pretty half and half it's pretty well balanced half women half men in the group the women stood up and they started dancing in the circle and we started holding hands and the energy was unreal it was the states of complete ecstasy that I've read about these states in Dr. Hawkins teaching so many times so many times and I've seen like a second glimpses of that in my life uh mostly in 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 2019 when I was doing a lot of letting go work um in the early <laughs> early time of 2019 not the later time which you guys have heard me talk about was depths of hell uh, you know, my early pregnancy stages and then recovering from that, which just led me here. But they, these were states of un, undescribable joy and ecstasy, just literally like beyond anything I could describe here. It was so um, overwhelming. I It was taking me out. I couldn't, there were times like I just had to go lay down and uh, not dance and because I couldn't even move, it was so overwhelming, but so beautiful. And then it would flash, the high states would flash something low level out. I would perch, I would go back and, and dance. And it was this unreal experience of pure joy. And we were dancing there. And then um, the uh, uh, one song, it's the grandmother song. I, I might post it and I'll actually try to post the link to that in a description. It's a beautiful song. And all the guys get up from wherever they went and they, they join the dance. And they, you can tell them just like basking in the, the divine feminine healing joy. And people are just like, holy cow, this is like, how is this even like this heaven and earth? Does this exist, right? And then the dance ends and we go back to the valley. And, you know, they're guiding the journey through the music because, you know, their job is not just to get us high, but really like work on your stuff, sit with your uh, sit with your uh, your emotional nonsense and do some more clearing, right? Um, so, um, so we go back to our mattresses mostly. Some people sitting, some people lying down, and and um, I'm just I'm just like past the emotional release. I'm just sitting there, and I, and I'm thinking to myself like, wow, oh my gosh, I I don't want this to ever end. And at the same time, I know this is an ayahuasca journey, and obviously it did it, it does. But my soul says like there's a moment my soul says like something like like no stupid this is actually you this is your soul and it's your job to to stay connected for as long as you can right and keep doing the work or something along those lines I don't remember exactly but anyway I was sitting there and I was for hours you know the ceremony didn't end until 4 a.m and we started uh 5 30 um p.m for hours, I was integrating and normalizing the newfound, um, newfound spiritual state, new level of consciousness that was that uh, got gained by you know, I, I suppose both divine grace and uh, my own uh, spiritual work that I, that I that I did there, right, and the spiritual intention, all of all of that stuff. But anyway, so I just sat there and I just integrated. And then I, I said, you know, I wonder what's going to happen after, uh, you know, after I get up tomorrow morning, after I wake up, you know, because at 4 a.m. we all just went to our rooms, get some sleep. You know, there's workshops going on all day, every day. There's yoga. You know, you don't need a whole lot of sleep, sleep on ayahuasca. You know, you usually look 
uh, you know, even three hours of sleep tends to be enough because there's so much emotional release going on. You tend to need a lot less sleep than normally. But I woke up the next day in just absolutely unbelievable, joyful state. And, you know, I would walk on the compounds and just kept crying and looking at the flowers and the trees have leaves and just seeing things completely newly in the way that I've never seen them before. And just many, many. So that's been, you know, and, and then the days after basically every single day has been, uh, has been, uh, pretty much a similar state, you know, some of it, like a little bit, the ego is absolutely there. The ego has come in since. Okay. It wasn't like the ego disappeared. I definitely did not kill the ego, but I made friends with it. And it's been the most amazing gift to be able to not just have this experience, but keep it with me in the day since. Okay. So I'm going to keep this podcast because I think we're at 30 minutes. I'm going to keep this here. Oops. I went over 30 minutes, so it stopped me. So I'm going to keep this podcast here. And then the next podcast episode, I will talk about some of the other healing parts and the lessons that I brought from there and how uh, you can actually apply the lessons and, and what it all means and uh, and all that.